Here now on the Yaakov M. Show, we are joined by our old friend, political columnist Moshe Hill. His blog is a hillwithaview.com. Moshe, welcome back. Thanks so much for having me. It's always a pleasure. I've got to ask you about Alabama Gate using the magic marker Trump to circle Alabama and manually include it in the path of Hurricane Dorian. What are your thoughts on Alabama Gate or Sharpie Gate, as they call it? Sharpie Gate. Um, this may be one of the dumbest stories I've ever seen in my life <laughs> uh, for so many reasons. It literally encompasses everything that doesn't matter in the world from both sides. The media shouldn't care about this and the president shouldn't care about this. And nobody who's watching this should care about this. Nobody should care. And <laughs> yet this is a thing and it shouldn't be. I, I, <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. And the most embarrassing part, and I agree with you about President Trump, and he's got to be able to walk away and let go, and he can't, but the media treating this as though it's like the next Watergate, I, I thought was extremely bizarre. And, you know, the fact that he not only wouldn't admit his mistake, but like showed them that graphic with the magic marker adding Alabama, I, I, that is a little troubling. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's not great, but the idea is it, what's going to happen is what always happens when um, these things happen. I understand President Trump's position in fighting back against the media because the media would do this kind of thing to every single Republican president or congressman or whoever. Like, you would have the media attacking George Bush over stupid things like this. And George Bush, George W. Bush would just sit there and just do nothing. Like, he wouldn't care. He'd be like, I'm above this. I'm the president, whatever. And literally, it affects people who don't trust the media and dislike the media and like George W. Bush to say, well, why isn't he saying something against them? And those are the people who are Trump's biggest base and most, and most uh, jazzed up base and, and passionate base are the people who distrust the media, hate the media, and Trump will fight back against the media every single time and will, won't stop until he wins that culture war with the media. As I've said many times, Trump isn't a unifying figure. He doesn't, know, he doesn't really bring the country together. But what he does know how to do is he knows how to fight any battle on any hill. And, he, and he's doing a good job by protecting himself against needless attacks by the media for something so stupid that the media shouldn't care about. Ideally, Trump wouldn't care about it either, and the media wouldn't care about it. But if, but Trump says, if you're going to care about it, I'm going to care about it, and we're just going to have it out. That's a great point, and you're right. The battling the media, I honestly believe that George Bush and all the Republicans who were blasted again and again, vilified, demonized, they were afraid. They were afraid that as bad as the negative coverage was, that if they actually took the media on head on, it would actually even make the coverage worse. So it's like, all right, let's just leave them alone and kind of not wake up the sleeping tiger or whatever. And Trump is like, I don't care. Uh, you know, and, and he galvanizes, he uses Twitter. He speaks directly to people who go on almost any network, any TV show, even if it's something that's totally biased against him. And you're right. It's extremely refreshing. Yeah. And I think that the, um, the W. Bush and, and a lot of Republicans and the current slate of never Trumpers that exist, like the Joe Walshes and, and uh, Bill Crystals and stuff, they have a, um, an idea of Republicanism, not conservatism. I, there's, whether or not they're conservative in a lot of ways is questionable, but they have an idea of Republicanism, which is like country club Republicanism, that we're above it, we're, 
where, uh, you know, unless you're shipping, sipping your sh champagne glasses, you're not really a Republican, that kind of thing. And they don't get down and dirty with, with this kind of like political brawling, which has been going on beneath them for years, for decades. It's always been happening. They just have been ignoring it. And that's why they've been losing. And Trump says, I'm going to get down in the mud and we're going to win. <laughs> and, and you know what? He won in 2016. I think he's going to win in 2020. And, oh, we'll get to that. Interesting. And everybody forgets. They act as though, you know, because Trump brought down the level. So now the media ha has kind of followed suit. And the media makes it out as though they embraced every previous Republican, George Bush, Bush and Dick Cheney. But Trump is the one because he's so vulgar. And give me a break. I mean, they literally accused Bush and Cheney of war crimes, of torturing people, torturing prisoners. And, you know, the Iraq war was just killing soldiers for oil. I mean, they made Bush out to be the biggest monster. And suddenly, even Bush gives the media a pass. And it's, it's, it's a little unconscionable. Yeah, and forget about them also. Like, they made John McCain out to be a racist. And now, when, after he passed away, because he, he passed away during the Trump era, he was an, uh, a, a Republican we, we will miss because he was, he was one of the good Republicans that we could have talked to. But at the time, in two, when he was running against Barack Obama, he was the biggest racist in the world, according to the left. And then in 2012, when Mitt Romney was running against Obama, we had he was anti-black. Uh, 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 Joe Biden said that Mitt Romney's going to put black people back in chains. He said that to a group of black people and said, he's going to put you all back in chains. That's, that's what Joe Biden said. Everyone was racist. Um, and if you say that about Mitt Romney, if you're saying that about John McCain, if you're saying that about George W. Bush, then, and you're saying the same thing about Trump, why should we believe you when you say the same thing about Trump? You mentioned a moment ago that you think Trump's going to win 2020. Now, the polls have been not even close. One poll after the next, head-to-head -head against Biden, Sanders, even Harris and Buttigieg, where maybe Trump is kind of even with those two in a lot of the polls. You know, what do you make of that? So um, polls 18 months out from the general election, uh, I, would, I put some stock in them, but I put stock in them in terms of a – don't rest on your laurels, people, because we got to keep uh, what we got to keep going. We got to make sure that 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 the base is jazzed up and that we talk to the independents. I also think that um, when you're presented with those kind of poll with with those kind of questions this early in the, in the game, um, you there is no clear cut Democrat. So basically, you're dividing all the um, uh, what's it called, all the bad things about every single candidate amongst 10 different people, same thing with all the good things, and all the bad and good things about Trump is all focused on one person. When it's a one-on-one head-to-head matchup and there's no other contenders, let's see how that turns out. I wouldn't be surprised if he's losing in the polls until November 2nd of next year and then comes from behind and wins. I, because the polls are national and, uh, and it, it doesn't work that way. Yeah, look, he can lose by millions of votes and in the in the popular and still win uh, in the electoral, as happened obviously, and that's a great point. If you look historically, Obama in 2020 at this point, you know, was not a clear-cut winner at all. And Bush and Clinton, Bush Senior and Clinton, Bill Clinton was way down in the polls at this point. You know, Bush was coming off of a lot of popularity surge because of the war in Iraq. If you go all the way back to Reagan in 1980, it wasn't even close. So you're right about the, the polls early on. And yeah, a lot of people, they kind of haven't even paid that much attention. You and I pay a lot of attention to it, but a lot of these Democrat you know, candidates, you know, the, the average person gets this phone call, they, they have no idea. 
Yeah, I think that the average voter says uh, sees Trump's tweets and didn't see anything that Pete Buttigieg said in the last three weeks. And so they say, oh, yeah, Trump tweeted that. I don't really like it. I'll take Pete Buttigieg. You know, <laughs> like that's I feel like a lot of people do that. But when it comes down to it and, and both candidates, Trump and whoever he's going to run against, are going to be front and center. I think it's going to come down to who has said the worst thing last. And that's going to be the person who loses. <laughs> like, that's that's going to go on to. If it's Elizabeth Warren against Donald Trump, if she says something at the end of October, like uh, like she said this past week at that climate change uh, uh, town hall, then she loses. That's it. I mean, it, that's really going to come down to. Now, Joe Biden, he's a mediocre candidate at best. We, we know about all the blunders and his campaign is now trying to limit his appearances and not have him out too late in the evening, you know, because he tends to make more blunders than when he gets tired. And he doesn't have a strong message. I haven't heard any sort of coherent message. And yet, poll after poll, he's not just a front runner. He's got a commanding lead in many of these polls. What do you make of that? Well, I think that there are people who view Joe Biden as just a safe um, alternative. Uh, I always said, I said for the past couple of weeks, that if Joe Biden, of all the Democrats who get in, I think the least effective person will be Joe Biden. I don't think he'll do anything. Um, I, I think that what will probably happen uh, at the end of a Joe Biden term, because I do not think he would get a second term, um, because just because of his age, he may not even run again. Um, he, what happened is the stock market will go down a little bit. The Middle East will get a little less stable, and um, that's pretty much it. Like that's <laughs> that's that's going to be a Joe Biden presidency if if he wins. I don't and, want him to win. And that's I, what people I, want. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's not so much what people want. I think it's what people are just saying, like. Well, you know, at least the, the country will calm down. It's like <laughs> pouring, pouring some cold water on a really heated, like, era. I don't think that he's going to inflame too many people. I don't think he's going to unite, but I also don't think he's going to be um, particularly divisive as president. I think he's just going to literally just be an old guy sitting in a house. Um, <laughs> and maybe that's what people are, maybe that's what people want. At this point, I mean, it has been the crazy last few years with with Trump. He he makes he tends to make a lot of things about him when he shouldn't, and the the country may be a little um, uh, a little sick of it, to be honest. Now, I'm curious about your thoughts about Elizabeth Warren. Elizabeth Warren, she's quietly building this huge kind of groundswell of momentum. It reminds me a little of Obama in 2008, where you know Hillary, of course, got all the coverage and all the exposure, and Obama just quietly went state to state, county to county, built up this grassroots following, and then before you know it, he's you know winning primary after primary, and Hillary didn't know what hit her. I wonder if we kind of all wrote off Elizabeth Warren as Pocahontas. She's not really going to go very far, and you know she's not black like Kamala Harris, and then suddenly you wake up, you know, is it possible at least, and that, you know, Warren takes the lead? I think it's very possible that Elizabeth Warren gets this nomination. She's um, currently uh, running at, uh, behind Joe Biden, ahead of Bernie Sanders in uh, a bunch of polls. Um, I think that she is um, less crazy, uh, less crazy old man yelling at cloud than Bernie Sanders, but as crazy <laughs> leftist as Bernie Sanders. So people who may be over the um, Bernie Sanders uh, wave 
2016 may look at Warren for their policies. I think that Elizabeth Warren, an Elizabeth Warren presidency would be incredibly dangerous, um, especially since she basically is all talk and says all the the perfect leftist things, but she absolutely has, she says she has a plan for things. She has no plan for anything because having a plan doesn't mean anything unless you have a, an ability to implement your plan. And her plans have no possibility of being implemented because most of them require constitutional amendments. <laughs> so <laughs> it like, like, for example, her wealth tax, her 2% wealth tax, I, I've read articles that said that that may not even be constitutional. You would need, just like the, the income tax was unconstitutional when they passed it at the beginning of the 20th century, they had to pass a constitutional amendment. There's no way a constitutional amendment passes getting uh, a wealth tax um, for, for 2% above, above $50 million. Um, there's also the fact that Elizabeth Warren at this climate change uh, town hall the other day, she basically said, uh, well, we won't have nuclear power. We won't have oil or gas or coal power. We're just going to do 100% renewable energy, except for the fact that 100% renewable energy, I'm assuming she's talking about wind and solar and hydro maybe, but those aren't viable power solutions, energy solutions. And the fact that she won't even entertain nuclear power as an option means that she doesn't care about the things she says she cares about. Maybe Warren plans to just get on a treadmill and just power the country, just run around and just keep powering all of us that way. Warren terrifies me. Did you see this report that uh, her textbook, she's big into free college tuition for everybody, forgiveness of 95% of student loan debt. She charges like $300 to her own students for her college textbook that she, she authored. Yeah, I saw that also. I mean, that that kind of thing is is very good for politically, but like for just like a little like uh, knock at her every so often. But that's what college students that's what college textbooks cost, and that's why when I went to college, I never bought new textbooks. Yeah, it's a- <laughs> I was like, I, I'm not paying for this. I'll pay for the for the for the one from one version from one year ago, which has three different sentences. Than, the, than this year, and I'm not gonna, and I'll get it for 20, 30 bucks. And I think that's a huge problem just in general with, with colleges, and uh, the whole tuition thing is a whole nother problem, but just forgiving tuition debt is not a solution, also. And you keep referencing it, so let's bring it up. Uh, the CNN seven hour town hall on climate change. Anybody who managed to watch all seven hours. I don't know how. It's, it's about as exciting as a root canal to watch seven hours of discussion on climate <laughs> change. And, uh, you know, these candidates essentially want to ban everything under the sun. And my question is, does this kind of town hall turn away more voters than it appeals to? Oh, absolutely. Um, I think that the seven hours uh, of climate change is just, it's seven hours of attack ads against Democrats. Uh, for the 2020 <laughs> election. Yeah, that's really what it is. There's a reason why the Democratic National Committee, when they um, had their uh, convention or meeting two weeks ago, they got together and said, and they were voting on a bunch of different proposals. One of the proposals was having a, uh, a presidential uh, debate, debate focused on the, climate change. Right. Focused on climate change. And they voted against it. Why? Because they know that this is just going to be an attack ad against them. Because <laughs> Death sentence nobody, for the party. It is. It is because, you know what, you're spending all your time saying you can't eat hamburgers and you can't use plastic <laughs> straws. And, and guess what? 
the fossil fuel companies are just going to tell you that we think that you can't eat hamburgers and you can't use plastic straws, but what are we going to do? We're going to ban hamburgers and plastic straws. It's just like, <laughs> what? The circular logic is insane. And they, they won't entertain nuclear. They, they won't say, hey, guess what? Guess who the biggest uh, carbon emitters are in the world are China and India. And you know what? We don't care. We're just going to sanction China and India until they, they shut down their coal power plants. And we'll go there and we'll help them build nuclear power plants. If they really cared about carbon emissions, they would actually say the tough things that are correct as opposed to the things that won't work or won't get passed. So a Green New Deal won't work and won't get passed. So that's their favorite thing. I think this issue could bring down the party. Uh, you, you know, you talk the Green New Deal. They all co-sponsored the Green New Deal. Every candidate, Harris, Warren, Bernie Sanders, they all voted present when McConnell brought it up for a vote because they know that it's the worst possible piece of legislation in history. And then there's the blatant hypocrisy of the party where they keep telling us that this is the biggest threat uh, in, in the, in the, on, on the planet right now. Got 12 years and it's going to be irreversible. And we don't even want to have a debate about it because it's going to make us look bad. You know, so let's put our politics over the biggest threat that the world faces right now. It's, uh, it's all virtue signaling. It's all, it's all like, let's join the Paris Accords. Let's join the, the Paris uh, Climate Accords. It's like, wait, what did that do? Nothing, but we joined it. It's like, fantastic. <laughs> what does that mean? I just joined. Yeah, great. I, I signed my name on a piece of paper. I just joined the Paris Climate Accords. I'm fantastic. Yay. It's like, it means nothing. It, it, it's like, and at least President Trump is a climate change, man-made climate change denier. So that's why he doesn't discuss it. Like the Democrats, we believe in this stuff. We don't want to discuss it. I actually think, you know, the Republicans like Matt Gates, who are open to climate change legislation, I think their ideas are actually much more effective where you're incentivizing companies with, you know, tax breaks and credits and all sorts of other ways to actually improve the climate, which I think a lot of companies want to do. Walmart just stopped selling guns. It's not because it helps them profit. It's be, because they actually want to do something good for the world. You know, I, I, it's, it's like, why can't we try that? Well, it's questionable if, if Walmart stops selling guns is good for the world. But the, yeah, that's true. <laughs> but that is questionable. But the, um, it's definitely bad for Walmart shareholders, I can tell you that much. And it may be good for the small businesses, the small uh, business owners right. that, that exist within a three-mile radius of the Walmart. But, um, which is everybody, because <laughs> everybody lives within the three mile radius of a Walmart. Um, but the, the uh, climate change issue is, it is a serious issue. I think that um, it's not worthwhile to, to, to argue the premise that climate change is, is real and is a problem and, and we should do something about it. I don't think it's, worth, it's not worthwhile because then you're just wasting time. I think they, there's a bunch of things that can be done, but you have to actually have those discussions. You can't have a discussion about plastic straws. You're not taking it seriously. You don't care. And guess what? You're not going to convince anyone that way. And I think that if you want to just get out there, I think if any Democratic presidential candidate got to the front and said, we will build nuclear power all over this country until all coal plants are gone, then they will and, and will retrain the coal workers to work in the nuclear plant or whatever it is, then I think that he would be or he or she would be a contender, a legitimate contender in this, in this election. 
Okay, last question. Uh, President Trump's trade war with China. It's not quite going as smoothly as I think that he had hoped. Obviously, it's escalated. A lot of tariffs now back and forth. The markets are shaky. And my question is this. Is there an alternative? I hear a lot of Republicans who criticize President Trump. They say, look, he's going to hurt the economy. You know, this looming recession that everybody's talking about. And I guess the implication is, listen, lay off of China, uh, eliminate the tariffs, maybe wait till after November 2020, and then take care of it then. Trump's not benefiting from this politically, in my opinion, and that's not why he's doing this. He doesn't really make those kind of calculations. He says, listen, China's a massive threat. It's been totally ignored. And, you know, they've treated us like a doormat. I'm not going to do that the way Obama and Bush did. So is, is there any other option or, you know, do you think that there, in any way he's doing the wrong thing? Well, I think he's doing the right thing, but he's doing it for the wrong reason. I think that um, if you if he does uh, tariffs, if he puts on tariffs because tariffs, he thinks, are a good thing or trade deficits are a bad thing, I think that's the wrong reason. But he, he, he says that half the time. The other half of the time, he says that China um, is stealing our intellectual property, is, is uh, competing with us, is, is, is manufacturing, and it's, it's all these kind of things. Um, that China is doing that do uh, warrant tariffs on them. And that's something that is important that we should have. So really it comes down to is why are we fighting this war? Why are we fighting this, this trade war? And I think that if, if we had a good explanation from it, like a clear cut message from the Trump administration about it, I think a lot more people would get um, on board and it would be a political win for Trump. If it's the wrong reason, I think it'll be a political loss because politics isn't about uh, actions. It's about reasons for actions a lot of the time. So it's, and, and if you have, if you do the same thing for the wrong reason versus the right reason, it's a political win versus political loss. So I think that Trump, um, I don't think it's going as well as he thought it would. I think that there have been some wins. I think there's been some losses. I don't think it's going to be as, as easy to win as he said it would be. But I do think that um, a balanced trading, uh, a balanced uh, a partnership with China in terms of trade and in terms of preventing them from um, doing the things that they're doing in terms of intellectual property theft and in terms of their manufacturing, uh, what they're doing over there, um, I think that is worthwhile. And do you think the economy will hold up and be relatively stable through November 2020? Uh, if I could predict that, I'd be headed uh, <laughs> 50, 50 blocks rush. south of where I am right now to the, <laughs> to the stock market, to be honest. Um, I hope so. I think I think it will. I mean, uh, I got I'm not an an economist, but uh, I heard something about the yield curve inverting and they said that's bad. And but that could take two or three years. Uh, I'll flip a coin and say, sure. (laughs) Moshe Hill, a hill with the view dot com. Where else can we read your work? Uh, I'm on uh, jcp.org. I have a couple articles there. I have a weekly column at the Queen's Jewish Link. So that's queensjewishlink.com. I, I write every so often at Jewish Link of New uh, Jersey. Uh, and uh, I also can be found on Facebook at A Hill with a View and Twitter at The Mo Hill. Okay, great. Great job as always. Thank you. Uh, we'll look, look forward to doing this again soon. All right. Thanks so much.